We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye with me, as always, Jack Manuel. Jack, what's up? Donovan Mitchell to the Nets, question mark. I'm not putting a full stop. That's a question mark, Nick. Yeah, that's a good question. We're going to jump to that and plenty more. Make sure you check the Buzz on all streaming platforms. But getting to Donovan Mitchell, this is a name that's been tied to the Nets a lot over the course of his NBA career, all the way back to his draft night. Then other rumblings about the Nets being interested in him, even going back to not just last summer, two summers ago, where it was like, oh, Utah was looking to move him. The Nets had interest. The whole Ben Simmons and him not being able to be on the same team. We had conversations about that. And now in Cleveland, things not going well. We had a um, a report from Matt Moore of the Action Network talking about, you know, Donovan Mitchell doesn't land in New York. Look for Brooklyn, who has plenty of assets, and they've been looking to, you know, acquire Mitchell in the past. So really interesting stuff and something – you know, if you were reading the tea leaves, it's not super surprising. No, it's not. But it's. I think it's worthy talking about it now, given the state of where Cleveland is at with all their injuries, given the state of the history that you alluded to and the recent updates that we got from Matt Moore, who's a pretty credible reporter when it comes to speaking about the NBA stuff. And also Brian Windhorst in the offseason sort of saying like, you know, he's, he's not re-signing. And when Brian Windhorst speaks about something, you generally listen and when he speaks about Cleveland, you listen even closer. So what he said about Donovan Mitchell is something like, you know, he's not going to re-sign. I'd be very, very bloody surprised. And you know, obviously summarizing there. But I think the noise around Brooklyn is going to linger. There's going to be so many teams that are after him, whether it's the Knicks, the Heat, or whoever else in between. But because Donovan Mitchell has ties with Mikel Bridge, because he's been linked to the Nets in the past, he obviously has. Uh, but... I guess we can dive into grew up in New York. His dad probably works for the Mets. So, yep. Yep. So like, there's like, there's a, and I think the discourse around Donovan Mitchell, like I'm not telling people how, what is the right way to think about this guy, but like in terms of, is he an impactful player when it really matters? Is he actually a good NBA player? Like there's got to be some level of nuance to it all. And I think that's why it's good to speak about on a podcast rather than just putting out, tweets, posts, whatever you want to call them. So Donovan Mitchell's a good basketball player. He's a very good basketballer. Is he someone you're willing to sell the farm for and 
put everything, every little pick and every little asset that you've got? No, obviously. But I think I've said this. It's just like, if the Nets can get better by acquiring a Donovan Mitchell and you have confidence that there are enough assets in return and the assets that you've used aren't going to be hamper you in acquiring another guy, you know, maybe a bigger superstar or a second superstar, then why wouldn't you do it? Like, but I, I do understand that, look, maybe the combination of Spencer DFS or Spencer and Royce, I don't think Royce would get traded out if Donovan Mitchell were to come here. Maybe the combination, you know, is better than, because as we're sort of seeing now, the sort of two star, two big stars and then role players is starting to seeming to look better. But I think adding a Donovan and just Donovan Mitchell, Cam Thomas, where I, I basically just threw out four million different <laughs> topics and questions at you, Nick. Donovan Mitchell thoughts to the Nets. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's obviously a complex thing. And like you said, there's a lot of context to the situation. I think the most importantly is the trade package. You know, nothing really matters until you get to that point and understanding how much you're willing to give up and how you view Donovan Mitchell in terms of team building and, you know, how he fits with the rest of the roster, be it Cam Thomas, Mikel Bridges, and how you view him. You know, I think we're pretty confident he's not, you know, can't be the best player on a championship team, but I think he'd be a really good number two. You know, I think that's a guy that he's he's capable of being that that type of player. Uh, and I think that would push Mikel Bridges down to a number three, which is probably the best role for him on a championship team. So if you're able to acquire Donovan Mitchell while still maintaining enough assets to acquire a true superstar down down the line, you know, that's that's probably the move. And obviously having two very good stars that are very complementary to a potential big man down the line makes a trade demand possible. You know, obviously having Donovan Mitchell in-house makes you that much more attractive to some of these star players. And now all of a sudden I'm saying I'm only going to that team and now the trade package doesn't have to be as crazy. You know, just in a hypothetical world, if you're pairing, you know, Joel Embiid with Donovan Mitchell and Mikel Bridges you're probably going to win a championship or have a really good chance. Oh, yeah. So I think that's kind of what the the ultimate plan has to be. It ha- that has to be, you know, in the works. And how can you pivot to that possibility in a, a season or a season and a half or even less? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com.
Yeah, I, I think maybe it's probably now is a nice sort of way to divert into talking about what the packages would kind of be. So I think, I guess, does Cam Thomas, does, does training Cam Thomas and a, a couple of picks here or there plus filler, that's probably the crux of a deal that Cleveland would be interested in because Cam Thomas's value is pretty high. And I'm not saying that I would advocate for this, but I'm saying that that is one scenario. But then there's the other route where it's Spencer, Royce, or DFS, Clax, whoever else it you might be. You would think be. they probably want And Cam that's Johnson. the package. You would think they'd want Cam Johnson, I yeah. think, if uh, you're not including Cam Thomas because they obviously have had kind of holes in the wing position. He could fit pretty well next to you know Evan Mobley and Jared Allen long-term, and it kind of gives you at least like a player so you can stay competitive. But, yeah, I think if you're Cleveland, you're trading a star – you know, scoring guard, you want to probably reacquire one. And I think Cam Thomas makes a lot of sense. I think ultimately to get the best out of both players, I don't think that pairing is ideal. You know, I think a lot of people have talked about it and have said, you know, it, it could work. Yeah, it, it definitely could work. But I think if you're being objective and looking at the situations, you know, probably better to have two differing skill sets more so in the backcourt where one guy's more of a, a you know, a table setter, uh, more of a, a floor general, and the other one's more of a score rather than two scores. With both guys, you know, Donovan's probably made strides as a passer, but still not his best skill. And the same thing with Cam Thomas. So, and then I think you look at it too from perspective of, you know, if you, you know, if you're not trading Cam Thomas, you're probably keeping him so he could be, you know, that key piece in a trade for a bigger superstar. And does his value get hampered because now he's playing with Donovan Mitchell and not able to kind of, you know, showcase as much as he possibly could. So like, I think there's a scenario in my head where trading him for Donovan Mitchell could make sense because you're trading him when his values, you know, maybe at the highest or the highest that the Nets could potentially get it to, you know, if, if that's the route you're going, I'm not saying that's exactly what I would do, but I think there's a, a pretty good argument for, you know, if you're acquiring Donovan Mitchell, you're including Cam Thomas, and then you're also doing that. So you can reserve first round picks, which ultimately if a team is going to trade a uh, Joel Embiid, a uh, Luca, uh, you know, a Cade, they're looking for draft picks because they want to acquire young players. They're not necessarily looking for, you know, a, a young a young guy to jump right into it. Like Cam Thomas might be like too good for some of these, you know, teams if they're looking to tank if he's you know, 23, 24 years old, averaging 30 a game and, you know, showcasing some different things. So, you know, I just gave you 4 million answers off 4 million questions. Yeah, look, it's it's a fun discussion. We could do this one for ages, but probably don't have the time. But I, I think I'll piggyback off the Cam Thomas, Donovan Mitchell fit and then sort of give my general thoughts about the package of of trading cam thomas and i i'm probably the one that's that has been more optimistic you know in terms of my thoughts on whether cam t and and don mitchell could fit together but i think as the days have gone on and i'm listening to people that i trust including you and how they sort of analyze and then sort of thinking about it a bit more deeply take trying to take a step back and try to be uh, like look at my own thoughts and go, hey, now you you might be a bit irrational there in terms of your optimism on Cam and or Donovan Mitchell. So I think that that does make sense. Obviously, there is a world out there. And as I sort of alluded to, if the price is bright and you don't have to give up much in return, and as you alluded to, Donovan Mitchell's like, I'm going to the Nets, like in a way that Kevin Durant and all these other guys have demanded in the past, then you just have to give up that package and, and you can lessen the amount of assets. And then, Cam can be used for future trade packages or just retaining him, which would be pretty bloody cool too. So, but in, in terms of the, like trading Cam Thomas or not trading Cam Thomas, I think a lot of people are saying, well, is Cam Thomas going to be better than Donovan Mitchell anyway? Like 
four years' time when he's 26, Donovan Mitchell's age, I think Donovan Mitchell's 26 or 27, can we see Cam Thomas exceeding what we've already seen from Donovan Mitchell? Now, I think the most recent taste in people's mouths is the the flame out against the New York Knicks in the postseason, but he's also had some pretty positive postseasons uh, within Utah as well. Yeah, now, think about the bubble. Yeah, now, the bubble, Do you, how much do you... Val, val, uh, validate that and how much do you not validate it like i, I think it's it, it, it's hard to sort of analyze rationalize in in a more objective sort of fashion but i think donovan mitchell is better than a lot of people think but he's also worse than a lot of other people think as well like he's not the guy that is going to make the net a championship contender but he's the guy that could be that get the get, gets the other guy so i think even if the Nets, in a hypothetical world, can't trade for Joel Embiid, Luka Doncic, Kate Cunningham, Larry Markkinen, Carlton Towns, whoever else it might be. But you got Donovan Mitchell and all you had to give up was Spencer's expiring, et cetera, et cetera. I still wouldn't hate that. Like, I think that there's not like the 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 ideal circumstance where the Nets have that guarantee. Like, we don't know. Joel Embiid, the Sixers are going pretty bloody well right now with him and Tyrese Maxey. Kate Cunningham, who the hell knows what player he could become. Zion Williamson, who the hell knows if that guy's actually going to be a consistent NBA player. Larry Markin and the Jazz, like they might want to keep him despite the fact that there's reports that are differing to that. So do you just go after, I guess I'll ask you this because maybe this will help me process my own thoughts. Would you go after Donovan Mitchell, Nick, if you knew in the future in 25, 26, whatever off season that you're not getting a Joel Embiid, that you're not getting a Luka Doncic, you're not getting a prime A superstar, but you're making the team better and you're just giving up a package that's like, okay, I'm comfortable with that. The Nets won this trade. Yeah, I think it depends really on the package. You know, if you're maintaining, you're, you're keeping Cam Thomas, you're keeping all the Suns picks, and maybe you're giving up some of the less interesting picks, then sure, do it. You know, maybe even if it's like giving up one of the younger players in the team that was a first-round pick this year or something like you know, maybe do it. But I think ultimately, you know, you're acquiring good players to build a championship team and you're that much closer. And then when an opportunity arises, you're more flexible in terms of taking the risk. You know, if you already have a core of Mikel and Donovan Mitchell and whoever's, you know, still on the team. And now, you know, as someone who's maybe not going to stay in Brooklyn long-term, but might be there for a year or two, you might pull the trigger because now you have a real shot to win because the core is already in place. So I think, you know, Donovan Mitchell is a good enough player where you pull the trigger on the trade long as it's a, a reasonable trade, just because, you know, he's a top 25 guy, has athletic pop. And as I've talked about, I don't think he's been, you know, in the right situation. He's been asked to be a number one. Really, he's a number two. So find him the right role and all of a sudden he's going to probably look better. So uh, I, I think, again, you acquire good players, especially when it's a good deal. Yeah, he's scoring over 27 points per game, nearly six rebounds, and over five assists. Now, his efficiency isn't incredible. Like, he's that leaves a little bit to be desired in terms of his field goal, true shooting. And we could say the same thing about Cam Thomas. Like, there, there are some similarities. I think Donovan Mitchell has some more athletic pop. He's like an athletic Cam Thomas, whereas Cam Thomas is a more all round sort of scorer. I think his mid range game is a bit better. I think Donovan Mitchell is probably better at getting to the rim with his yeah, athleticism. Cam, I, would I think say Cam has a better touch. Yes. Better feel that sort yeah. of intangible quality. He's just like, He's a hooper, like the is you know what Katie would would sort of say, but yeah, I think that's it's. I, I don't know if this podcast is going to leave me feeling one way or another, but like talking through it is sort of being like, man, I don't know if my thoughts are changing more to being like, no, okay, well, like maybe we should trade Cam Thomas in a dot of a Mitchell package, but I wouldn't. I think I have such a strong kinship, maybe too strong of a kinship, and 
and love for Cam Thomas. And I'm just like, oh, I'd hate to see Cam Thomas go before he reaches his prime. And he'll be like, and and a Karis LeVert, Jared Allen on steroids and wherever he goes, I'll be like, that guy's my second favorite player in the NBA if he's in a different uniform and the Nets get rid of him. Because the way the organization has sort of grown with, with Cam Thomas and how they've sort of heralded in his his breakout has been, you know, he's he's worked hard for it. And I, and I want to see the, the homegrown guy. Obviously, he's not from, you know, Brooklyn, but they drafted him. And there's something about that talent where it's like, you know, the Jason Tatum, the LeBron in Cleveland. There's something different about that tangibly. I think as fans for us, maybe for like general observers, it, who gives a shit? Like Donovan Mitchell's a better player than Cam Thomas, probably. Like, uh, again, maybe in a vacuum, we can make arguments for, for the former, but yeah, I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I don't know how I feel about it all. And, and maybe there's some people, you know, hit me up in the DMs. Maybe I'm, there's some things that I'm missing. Yeah, I think you look at, there's just multiple elements to look at. You know, I think Donovan Mitchell's clearly a better player right now. You know, Cam Thomas could potentially get there, but I think it's also would be underselling, you know, Donovan Mitchell say Cam Thomas is a lock to be better than him or get to that level of player. You know, Donovan's gone, done some really good things and he does have athletic pop that Cam will never have, you know, and that's obviously a differentiating factor when it comes to certain things. I think obviously both of them not very good defenders. And then another argument for, you know, keeping Cam and not going down the Mitchell route is, you know, camps on team control you know he's going to be a he's going to be due for a new contract on as a restricted free agent so the nets are going to be able to extend him long term so it's like that's another factor that plays into things and you know his next max contract in comparison to donovan's next max contract is going to be pretty substantial so there there gets into a lot of different factors and as i've talked about before is like there's things that the front office knows about Donovan Mitchell and the rest of the NBA in terms of trades and acquiring another superstar down the line, how much more likely that is or less likely it is. You know, they don't have the answers, but they definitely have more clues and evidence than we have available to the public. Yeah, like guys that we've alluded to, and, and maybe this could be a way to end it, Nick, in terms of, you know, is is there a, a world out there where the Nets get Donovan Mitchell, retain Mikael Bridges, and get Joel Embiid slash Luka Doncic. Now, for me, Luka is the guy, you know, he is the primate, like he is generational already. And I just think Dallas is just a weird kind of situation. And maybe again, I look into things with a, a different sort of lens because I want him on my own team, but he has a really, really good relationship, friendship with Dorian Finney-Smith. You tell me that you got Luka, you got Mikael Bridges, you got Dorian Finney-Smith, whoever else. That's a championship contender, like bona fide. Yeah, so, I mean, you add I, I Luka or Joel Embiid, like that obviously instantly becomes a contender. You know, Paul tweets too much, tweeted me the other day and asked me, would I rather trade Donald Mitchell know 100% chance to get him or wait and trade for Joel Embiid but only have a 50% chance to get Joel Embiid? I'm easily going, going for Joel Embiid, like because he instantly gives me a chance. Like, let's just say it's a bad playoffs for the East and a couple guys sprain their ankles, you know, like you have Joel Embiid with this current alliteration of the nets. They could literally win a championship. Like he's that good of a player. And the same thing could be said about Luca. So it's like, yeah, if you think that trading for Donovan Mitchell is going to prevent you from acquiring one of these guys, and you think you really Don't have a it. realistic chance at getting him, then you wait for the big guy. Yeah. And I think that's, as I just to repeat an earlier thought, it's just like, is that big guy, that elite, prime A, top-notch superstar 
are they available? And like, is, and is it realistic it's... that they're going to want to come here? Like, and again, exactly. the Nets know this way more than we do. Everyone in the public can say the Nets, no one wants to go to the Nets, or they know that Joella wants to go to Miami or something like that. No one knows until that trade demand happens. So the, the Nets have done it before. Yeah. So like, does that give them a stronger likelihood? Like, is this all building up in a similar way to Kenny Atkinson, D'Lo, Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis Levert, and turning into what we... You know, in two years' time, when we're doing a breaking news pot about Luka Doncic or Joel Embiid or some other Anthony Edwards, Lamelo Ball, Lamelo Ball's probably a tier below that, but like legit, like the legit top ten guys, all NBA guys, are, are going to join the Nets. Look, I think it's less likely, and that's why a part of me thinks going after a Donovan Mitchell and then figuring it out later is better because if Donovan Mitchell makes this team better, which Maybe he doesn't. I'm thinking I'm starting to talk myself out of it because of how consistent and steady Spencer Dinwiddie is. Dorian Finney-Smith and our role players, that flexibility, like if you're giving up those guys as players and as assets because their their contracts are nice too, like you just have to think well, of it I think as that's holistically also too, as like- possible. You're talking into that, but at the same time, the package could be completely different. You know, I think that's what the Yeah, real- who knows? Like- I mean, I I haven't seen this yet, but it could be Ben Simmons in the package. Like, it, it literally could be that of Cleveland, you know, the Nets are looking to use more first-round picks or something. So I think the trade package with the contract the Nets have is just can go in so many different directions. It's almost hard to to know until we kind of have a better idea of what Cleveland wants and obviously how they value Donovan and what the rest of the market is like for him. And if he publicly makes a trade demand, if he has a list of teams and all that different stuff. Yeah, it's like the Nets aren't going to get a Bradley Beal deal for Donovan Mitchell because it's not like the the machinations of his contract, but it might not be a Rudy Gobert or or whatever. Like the Nets were able to do pretty well in trading their own superstar. I think the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to be prioritizing. There's going to be plenty of teams that would be after Donovan Mitchell. So I think we need to think about that too. Miami and whoever, like there'll be six to 10 teams probably that would be after Donovan Mitchell if he were to say, hey, I don't want to be in Cleveland anymore. And that drives up the asking package for the Nets. And then unless, again, as you alluded to, Nick, we're sort of going back and and going forward in in the same sort of direction about like Donovan Mitchell could dictate his own future here. And within that, the the Brooklyn Nets as well. So yeah, it'll be intriguing to see how it all plays out at the end of the day. And it's reductive by nature, probably going back to what we sort of said a million times, you look at that package. What is the package? You're putting those chips in for, you're not going all in? Cool, then maybe you do it. But if it means that you're giving up these Suns picks, which look a bit juicy, it's all about, again, it's simplistic by nature to just say, or sitting, maybe it's sitting on the fence, but it's it's true. Like whatever the Nets give up, if they get better value in return, I'll be happy with the trade. If the Nets give up specific picks, specific players, and it makes the team worse, or it makes Cleveland, you know, they they fleece the Nets. I don't think Sean Marks is going to do that. I think Sean Marks is a bit smarter than that, and I'm a person that's given Sean Marks plenty of shit in the past. But I think that when it comes to, I think he's pretty savvy as a GM in a lot of ways. So who knows? But I think that the Nets are one of the teams that are going to be reported on pretty consistently until. Donovan Mitchell makes it known or we get a Sham slash Woj bomb. Yeah, 100%. Something we're going to talk about for this trade deadline and potentially into the offseason as well. But Jack, always a pleasure. Big thanks for everybody listening. Check the buzz on all streaming platforms.